Good morning again. Welcome to Lebanon Christian Church. Again, my name is Philip, and just want to say a, a really warm and sincere welcome. Uh, if you're listening online, maybe later this week, or who knows, maybe even later this uh, next month, we just want to say welcome, and it's exciting to share that resource with you. Before we jump into the message today, I think it's important to step back just for a brief moment and let all of you know about something that we're very excited about. Uh, whether you are new to the church as a whole, new to our church, or new to a faith and Jesus, whatever it is, we want you to know that we're very intentional about the way that we connect with you. And it's for that reason that we actually designed something that we call the pathway. And the pathway uh, we've had for a while, and recently the pathway has gotten what we uh, would refer to as a bit of a facelift. And the pathway is your entry point, whether you're new, again, to just our congregation or church as a whole or faith in Jesus, this is, this is your next step. This is your starting point. And it's really, really simple how to get there. The pathway are the first through fourth Sundays of every single month, and the same ones repeat every Sunday, and they are in room 104, which used to be the old conference room if you've been around here for a little bit, and it's at the 1030 hour. Come there for friendly faces, really great conversation, and hopefully some of your questions will be answered and you'll be encouraged and you'll start to know what's going on. It's a great place for you to stop uh, if, if you're just now getting into this. And I'll just tell you what they are very quickly. The first Sunday is always going to be Discover Jesus. The second Sunday is always going to be Discover the Bible. And the third Sunday will always be Discover the Church. And then the fourth Sunday is always Decide Next Steps, which if if you've been around LCC for a while, maybe that's a good one for you to go to to figure out what's next. Um, so we're really excited about that and hope that you will check those out. Room 104, the Pathway Room. Now, transitioning into our message time, I, I thought I'd begin with something that if you have children, you're probably familiar with these two words. And even if you don't have children, some of you, adults, especially adult men in the room, probably like these, and you've probably played them, and you're probably very familiar with them. Maybe you even play these with your kids, and you've seen them evolve over the ages. And it's two very simple words, video games. Anyone know what I'm talking about? How many of you parents have seen video games just take this entire, like it's just crazy what they can do now as compared to when you were a kid and got your first Game Boy that was like the size of our speakers, right? Um, so video games are really popular. I'm personally not a gamer, but I still know that there is actually a, a genre of video games that is like the most popular right now. In fact, if you're children or if you play Fortnite, you know this, this genre of video games really well. It's called Battle Royale. And the whole point of Battle Royale video games is to get the most resources to seek the higher ground, essentially every man for themselves, and you win. If you get the most stuff, if you, if you excel above everybody else, you get to win. It's like the perfect Lone Ranger game. And you win if you seek the higher ground. You're supposed to gain that. And, and the, these, these games like Fortnite, and I don't even really know any others except for that one because it seems like that's all a lot of people, especially our youth and even our senior pastor around here, really like themselves some Fortnite. But if, if you've heard of those games... It's always about this like kind of every, every man for themselves mentality and they're taking off and they're so popular. But why? Why are these games so popular? 
I think the reason why these games and also certain movies and superheroes, things like that are popular is because there's a universal reality that many of us live in. And when I say next, you probably have found yourself living there, maybe are living there right now. And it's this, there's something about a battle to fight. There's something about, like, have you noticed that no matter any area of our lives, no matter where we're at, there's always seems to be a battle, another hill to climb, another battle to fight. It could be against uh, different views, opinions, people, addictions, financial trouble, marriage trouble. There's always seems to be another battle to fight, both with things that are inherently evil And with just normal everyday things, books have been written about this. Movies have been filmed about this. Now, what I tell you next, don't make fun of me. It's probably the most nerdy thing about myself, but I really like superhero movies. I just do. I can't get enough of them, especially Marvel superhero movies. That just shows you the extent of my nerdiness. I know the difference, right? I really like Marvel superhero movies, but have you noticed that no matter what the superhero is or what the hero of any movie is, they typically start out with this every man for themselves type of mentality, and eventually along the journey, they realize something. They realize they need other people to help them accomplish their mission, and I really, really enjoy that. Now, as much as I love those superhero movies and those kinds of action movies, and as much as you probably love games like Fortnite or whatever you played as a kid growing up, I've come to realize something. There's something very inherently dangerous about living with the every man for themselves mentality. Today, we launch into a brand new series that we're calling Battle Royale, in which we address the battles that you and I fight every day. But first, before we get into those, today, we are going to lay the foundation, lay the groundwork to understand how we fight the battle. All of us have felt like we've been in a battle before. All of us have actually been guilty of living this every man or woman for themselves type of mentality. If you don't believe me, if you've ever been Black Friday shopping You have lived with this kind of mentality. It's true. People get up at 4 a.m. and some even start like the night before, which is crazy. And you wait and you wait. And as soon as the doors open, you're like, you're like a bull and you just run right in to that TV or the, or the, the right gift for that loved one. The most gentle parents are turned into MMA fighters as soon as the doors open. It's like a scene out of Hunger Games. Now, if you're, if you're serious, if maybe you want to get a little more serious today during our time together, maybe right now your marriage feels like an every man or woman for themselves kind of relationship. And maybe it's been feeling that way for a while. Seems like you're always at odds. You're always fighting against one another. Then you add children. And for some of you, maybe you've got teenagers and that's just a whole nother level of intensity. And maybe you even notice how sometimes your teenagers might even pit you against one another. It feels like sometimes your house is just, it's like a battle royale game. And then if you're single, boy, it seems like that, doesn't it? Like it's every man or woman for themselves, and it's just an uphill battle. Some of us work in some competitive fields, and maybe your job every day when you go to work. You gotta watch out. 
Because it's every man, every woman for themselves. And don't even get me started on driving. Many of our people who attend LCC have to go to downtown Indy every day for work. That's like being in a demolition derby. Like you're driving down, and I actually heard a police officer talk about this. He, he actually saw a deer jump off of a bridge. Like, it's crazy. All of a sudden, you're driving along, and you just see people swerving off side road, deer jumping off bridges, and you're like, what is going on? There is something about a battle to fight. But here's my question to us today. Who's the real enemy? Who is the real enemy? Have you noticed that a lot of times in the battles that you and I feel like we fight on a daily basis, that many times, not all the time, but many times, it's against another person. It's against other people. But is that really the real enemy? Because every time we make somebody else public enemy number one, have you noticed things really don't ever seem to get any better? Who's really behind all of this? The battle royale. If you used to come to church, and maybe you were turned off by the church, uh, one of the reasons might be that when you came to church, you, you were made an enemy by somebody else because maybe your lifestyle or maybe the way that you believed didn't really line up with somebody else's. And a follower of Jesus might have made you feel like you were an outcast or maybe an enemy. And that may be why you quit going to church or maybe you just felt like people that you sat with and maybe you were even guilty of this, that you can act one way when we're sitting together in a row, but outside of these walls, it's different. And maybe you you never really came to church, and this is one of your first experiences with a church, and you're not really familiar with all of this, but you do understand that it does seem like everywhere we go, all these battles that we fight, oftentimes it's against another person, and nothing ever seems to get better. I wanted to come clean and just tell you right off the bat, I trust Jesus. I really do. I fully 100% trust in who he says that he is. I have studied the history. I've studied the evidence. And more than that, I've watched him transform my life and the lives of those around me. I 100% trust in who he is. And I don't believe because it's how I was raised, because it's not how I was raised. I believe because I truly have witnessed him save me from, from things in my past that could have led me down a dark, dark path. And I've watched him rescue me and others from similar things. I fully trust in who Jesus is. And I tell you that to tell you this. Because I trust Jesus, because I fully 100% trust him and the first century followers who wrote about him, I trust in what he says about a battle that they knew we were fighting, a battle that we fight. And I trust what he says about an enemy. That we fight. Listen to what one of his closest friends, Peter, says about the enemy. Be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You cannot deny, if you follow Jesus, that there is talk of a very real and true enemy that is active in our lives. It's not another person. Where do we seek the higher ground when it comes to battling this 
enemy. When you read the words of Jesus himself and his early followers, you get the sense that they knew very clearly that they were in a battle. And what's interesting about Jesus is even though people made him his enemy, not once did he ever credit them being the true enemy. He credited them as being lost or blind or sheep without a shepherd. It wasn't ever that they were the enemy. He always credited the enemy being who the enemy really was. And they give him a name. And his name is commonly referred to as the devil in scripture. Now, I want to step back for a minute. Maybe you're like, I don't believe in all this devil stuff. That just, I, I, I don't believe in that. Okay, I get that. Maybe you just think people be crazy, right? But let me just, let me just challenge you for a minute, at least in our time here. Would you at least maybe just consider just during our time today that maybe, just maybe, there is a common enemy that we all face? You don't have to leave here believing anything different. Just consider for our time together that that is the case. And what's great is even the stuff we talk about today, even if you still decide not to believe that there is someone who's referred to as the devil, this is still going to help you. But I think it will help you even more if you recognize the truth that there is an enemy that we fight against. So if that's the case, if we can just agree for our time together, that's actually the case. How do we defeat something like that? How do you defeat something that every moment of every day is trying to tear you down? It's like a roaring lion waiting to devour you at every turn. How do you defeat something like that? Well, I'd like to introduce you to a man that many in, in the room right now know. And it's a man that used to be named something else, Saul, and his name got changed to Paul. Now, Paul was a lot like you and I. In fact, Paul spent most of his life making other people the enemy. And for Paul, he actually thought he was doing God a favor by imprisoning and even in many cases killing followers of this guy named Jesus. He thought he was worshiping God by killing followers of Jesus. And somewhere along the way, he has this incredible experience with Jesus. Jesus confronts him essentially and, and he changes his life. So this man who lived most of his life believing that other people were the enemy, we find him later writing these words to the believers in a city called Ephesus. Listen to the words that he writes in chapter 6 of Ephesians. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now Paul finally knows who the enemy actually is. And he realizes it's not another person. Ephesus was a major port city on the west coast of Asia. And it housed the temple of Artemis, one of the seven wonders of the world. And when you dig into the context of why Paul wrote Ephesians, you realize he really wasn't writing to address any specific problem. He just talks about a lot of things and he wanted to encourage them. And he also, he ends his letter with this, Ephesians chapter 6, to caution them, I think because he knew how he used to be in making other people the enemy. And he knew that was so so, so prevalent in human nature to make another person the enemy. So he writes those words to help us realize that we, each other are not the enemy. Now, this is a theme that's very near and dear to Paul because you got to understand something about him. When he actually has this written, 
He's chained to a soldier. He's under arrest. He's chained to a soldier every day as he's saying these words. That's probably why he uses the armor metaphor is because he's chained to someone wearing armor every single day. But Paul never looks at that person who's taking away his freedom as the enemy. Now, you and I would probably disagree with Paul a little bit. Of course, that person's the enemy. It's taking your freedom. You're chained to him all day. And there are perhaps some of us who go through life every day. And any person, any person who cuts us off, any person who gives us the wrong look, any person who says something about us or who takes a job promotion away, whatever it is, we will label, we have a tendency to label the enemy. But let me just come right out and encourage you in this. That is a really lonely and really depressing place to live. It is exhausting to make other people the enemy and to go through life feeling like everybody is out to get us. Have you ever noticed that it takes more energy to stay mad at somebody than it does to remember what you were mad about in the first place? The truth of this first part of our teaching from Paul is to recognize that each other, we're not the enemy. There is a very real and a very true enemy. We know who he is. His name is the devil. And we now know who he is. So how do we defeat him? And can we? So what, what you read next in Ephesians chapter 6, we're actually going to skip those verses, the armor of God, for now. And we're going to go to the verses right beneath it. And the reason is because sometimes, especially if you're like me, the armor thing's just really cool. I like that metaphor. So you'll get caught up in the armor and you'll actually miss the powerful, powerful words listed after Paul talks about the armor. And after he talks about the armor... Paul actually shows us how to use it. So we're going to skip ahead and we're going to read these words because the key to using the armor lies not in the armor itself, but in what Paul says that follows. With this in mind, listen to his words in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18. And pray, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I may fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. What's the key? What word? Pray. Isn't it fitting that a highly relational God equips his followers through conversing with him? Through a conversation with him, through staying connected with him. And it's through the context of prayer that we actually access the armor in the first place. And we're going to get into the armor in a little bit, which is what I'm really excited about. But we access that through a relationship with God. And the way we do that, Paul actually outlines three different ways. I don't know if you caught it, but he talks about praying for all time. He talks about praying for all things and praying for all people. Those three, those three themes come up just in those few verses. The key to fighting this battle lies in our constant relationship and constant dialogue with God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I realize for myself, after trying this Lone Ranger mentality for so long, 
that I could not do this thing alone, and neither can you. Could it be, but possibly could it be, that you and I live with this Lone Ranger battle royale mentality because we aren't connecting with God by praying for all time, praying for all things, and praying for all people. Paul talks about a mystery in that text we just read. What's he talking about? You see, the mystery, he needed strength and he needed a lot of prayer to reveal the mystery of the gospel. Because the mystery of the gospel is this, that what Jesus came to do, his grace is for all people, for all time. That what Jesus came to do was available to all. And Paul knew that he needed the strength of God to, sh- to share that message. Because the people he would share that message to did not share that same sentiment. Because God's grace was for them and not for all people. And it angered them so badly they imprisoned him and wanted to kill him. He needed the strength of praying for all time. For all things and all people. Because prayer is where the power lies in our lives. When we pray, guys, we are connected with the one who gives us the armor, which we'll now read. Let's jump back into the weapons. Verse 13 of Ephesians chapter 6. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, And after having done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. With the breastplate of righteousness in place. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Powerful powerful weapons. And you'll notice the weapons aren't necessarily tangible things. The thing that he's trying to relate them to are, but they're not really tangible things because the weapons that we are using are spiritual in nature because they are rooted in prayer, which he talks about right after. As Paul is there, chained to a Roman soldier, to a soldier every single day, he recognizes that God equips his followers with the same kind of armor to defeat the enemy. And I almost wonder how awkward it was for that soldier when Paul's saying this out loud for someone to write down. And the breastplate of righteousness, like he's staring at this guy and going up and down and it's the sword of the spirit. And he's like, dude, stop. This is weird. I almost wonder if that's what happened. I don't know. But the powerful weapons, of the powerful armor that the enemy will never be able to stand against. These pieces of armor, they're not meant to be, to be mythical. Sometimes we can get caught up in the individual pieces of armor and we'll try to say, I need a little more righteousness, got to put on my breastplate or something else like that. We'll try to take them individually out. But you actually can't do that because they're all meant to be read together. And here's why. Go ahead and look through that list again. As you look through that list of armor, do you, know anything, do you notice anything about the armor of God specifically? They are all character traits of Jesus himself. 
What I say next, every time I talk about this, every time I look through this message, and I've written it weeks ago, and every single time I go back to edit it, I just highlight this part more and more. It excites me. It blows my stinking mind what I'm about to share with you, okay? Here's what's so great about the, the, the armor. The, it's actually the characteristics of Jesus when you look through those, the character traits of Jesus. But here's what blows my mind. Jesus shares his strength and shares his character with you and with me. He literally lends his strength to those who follow him. He puts on armor on his people when they follow him. A resurrected Jesus is the only one with the power and the character to defeat the enemy. And he lends his followers that power and that character when they follow him. The armor metaphor is a metaphor. The powerful truth behind them is they are all part of the character of Jesus. And he shares that strength with you and with me. And we activate these weapons through praying to him in a relationship with him. Now we'll pause for a minute. And if you aren't a follower of Jesus, you're not really a Christian and you're in the room or you're listening. Maybe you don't believe all of this stuff, but I want you to just think about something. Whoever begged you to come here today or to listen to this podcast, whatever, that person or others were praying for all people. They were praying for you and you now sit here or listen. And more than that, they prayed for you by name. I hope you would at least consider the implications that can have on your life. Yes, there's a very real battle that we fight. It's not against one another. It's against a common enemy, a very powerful and formidable enemy that we are all equally equipped to handle because Jesus shares his character and his strength with you and with me. Now, there are some of you in this place who have created, you have fortified yourself and created a battle royale mentality. And there's some of you in this place, some of us, and I know I'm guilty of this, that we live with a battle royale mentality. Everywhere we go, we're afraid that somebody's going to take advantage of us. We're afraid that somebody's not being truthful with us, that a leader is going to lie to us, that a spouse is going to cheat on us. And there's so many of us that live with this every man for themselves mentality. But who is the real enemy? It is not one another. We now know who the enemy is, and we know we are very much equipped to battle the enemy. And then there's some of us who live kind of in denial that there's any battle at all. We don't want to believe that there's this kind of stuff going on, that we're in this battle. We like it to be all happy and go lucky, and we don't want to think that we're constantly in a battle. And maybe you used to follow Jesus, and you don't anymore because things just kept happening to you, terrible things, and you couldn't catch a break, and you didn't know why these things kept happening. So maybe you walked away, or maybe you're close to walking away as you listen today. And then maybe you follow Jesus really passionately, but when people start to get real with you, and I've been tempted to do this, they start opening up their lives to you and they're going through stuff. You're like, hey, it's okay, just pray harder. Let go and let God. And you start trying to downgrade what they're going through. And it almost is as if the battle's not real. But it is. If any of those are you, I want to speak this truth to you. There will be no ceasefire until the great battle is over. 
no ceasefire. Jesus promised all of his followers that they would endure the battle. But we must recognize we are in one. Not against other people, but against a common enemy. Now there are some of you here today who are living exposed. Some of you here today, that you're not a Christian and you don't want anything to do with being a Christian. This stuff maybe even freaks you out. You don't have to live that way. You don't have to live like you're alone. You don't have to live like there's no hope. You can take a step towards hope today. And I hope that you do. Wherever you find yourself living today, there's something that we have to recognize before we leave and before we continue on in this Battle Royale series. And what I share with you next, the first thing that blew my mind was about how Jesus shares his character with us. I'd never looked at the armor that way until I started really digging in over the past couple months and realized that he, he shares that with us. That was the first thing I really wanted you to grab a hold of. But the second thing is what I'm about to share with you. When I realized this, it really blew me away. And it, it not only blew me away, but it gave me a lot of peace and a lot of hope that I'm equipped for the battle. I don't know who originally said it, but I really like this quote, and it's something that I'm living in the middle of right now and wrestling with. It's this. The peace which God made through the cross is to be experienced only in the midst of a relentless struggle against evil. The peace that you and I experience through the cross is only to be experienced in the midst of a relentless struggle against evil. And for this The strength of God is indispensable. We have to have the strength and the armor of God. And he's offering to share that with you today. Some of you know what that strength is like. Use it. Some of you don't know what that's like, and I hope you want to find out more. A great first step for for any of us is to go back to to Paul's words when he talks about praying for all time, praying for all things, and praying for all people. The key to winning in any battle is to gain the higher ground. I was told in in Fortnite you're supposed to build and build and you're supposed to gain the higher ground. That's the key to winning in battle. As you think about prayer, you are seeking the higher ground. Every time you pray, you seek the higher ground. And those with the higher ground, they win. That is what I desperately want for you in your life. It's for you to get better at life and for you to have a hopeful life. And yes, gain the higher ground, but not against your brothers and sisters, but against the true enemy. And I want you to seek that and to find that. He is vicious, but our Savior Jesus is far more formidable. And it is that Jesus who is asking to walk with you and have a relationship with you every single day. The higher ground wins. And we have higher ground when we follow and pursue him. And I hope that gives you some hope today. And I hope as as we continue in our Battle Royale series that you will remember that you as a follower of Jesus are very much equipped for what lies ahead. Share that. Share that within your life groups. Share that with your family. Share that with those people who do not yet know that hope. We are an equipped people. And I'm very thankful for that. And I hope you are as well. Let's pray.
God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that you have equipped us. Let us use the armor that you give us. And in your name we pray. Amen.